Well, again, welcome to Redemption Parker Online. It is a joy and privilege now to open up God's Word with you. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and make your way to Psalm 46. Two weeks ago, I had the uh, opportunity, I thought, to preach in our series, continuing on the King and the Kingdom, Matthew chapter 7. I was ready to go, and uh, shortly before my alarm was set to wake me up, my body woke me up. And unbeknownst to me, a virus was taking over my body. Not, not the coronavirus, but the norovirus. And so uh, in a, a violent and radical way, I ran to the bathroom and, uh, well, the rest is history there. But for the first time in 21 years of preaching, I wasn't able to get up and preach. All because of a virus. You know, four months ago, from our best estimates, uh, in a land far, far away, another virus had started. We didn't even know about it for several weeks, but then uh, the rumors began to come out. The news reports say uh, that there's something going on in China, in Wuhan. We didn't even know where that is. And, um, you know, it's, it's beginning to wreak havoc. But what we've heard these reports before, right? It's always in a faraway land at a, uh, that they're going to take care of. And so we were going about our lives. We were making our Thanksgiving meals and buying our Christmas presents and, and planning and, and planning vacation and business endeavors and, and all the things you do in November and December as if life was just going to continue on as normal, as life was going to continue on like we've always known it. Uh, we, we have just lived with this um, uh, false sense of knowing the future. And so as the reports continued to grow and, and concern continued to grow, we told ourselves, well, well they'll take care of it. It's going to stay over there. It, it's, it's really not that bad. And, and we hear various conflicting reports. It's just a cold. It's just like the flu. And, but it continued to grow, continued to grow continue to spread. Now it has moved outside of China and, and moved to Europe. And, and again, we're like, that's concerning, but, but not too concerning until uh, we began to hear the reports of hospital systems being overwhelmed. And then uh, toilet pa- runs on toilet paper. That, that didn't really come out right, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, no toilet paper, no hand sanitizer. And then we thought, well, that's weird. All because of a little virus. And then it was about seven, eight days ago where things really began to take a, a radical shift. Sports leagues were canceled. Your plans were canceled. My plans were canceled. Uh, we, we were set to, to go on vacation, the, the gift that we had given our kids for Christmas and had all the plans to just enjoy this time. And, and we've, we've all experienced the various degrees loss in these last few Weeks and days. And it seems like as the news, as the virus spreads by the hour, the, the bad news and the losses mount up by the hour. And all of us have experienced some of that. I, I've talked with some of you that have lost a job or, or your business is in serious trouble or, or you're looking for a job but now the companies are not hiring. Um, others of you, things go on as normal, but, but you can see the, the, the rumblings on the horizon. How are things going to change? Um, we, we met as a family last night and we just kind of talked, hey, what are some of the losses 
that, that you've experienced. And my kids shared, you know, loss of friendships, loss of, uh, of being able to go to school and, and say goodbye to uh, other students, particularly seniors, loss of uh, sporting events that they've worked hard for, loss of, um, loss of money, right? Like if, if you have any money in the stock market uh, as we did or college savings or retirement savings, man, every day it just seems like more and more loss. Some of you are single and, and you're, you're now being imposed to have self-isolation and that feels like a, a loss. And, and some of us have, have been in a season of loss and a season of, of struggling and now it just seems to be piling on. And, and the question is, what are we to do with this? Where are we to look for hope, for comfort, for security? Because all the things that we have uh, put our hope in and, and have been looking to for hope, safety, security, those seem to be crumbling through our hands. And, and the question of Psalm 46 is, where are we going to go? Where, where do we go from here? And, and I, love, uh, I love the Psalms. I, I, I love the honesty of the Bible. They're gonna, we're going to see in Psalm 46, there's going to be good news, but there's bad news first. When we ask, where is there a safe place in this world? The, the bad news is there's not. But the good news is that there is a safe place in God alone for those who have trusted in His Son, Jesus. And so, if you have your Bible, Psalm 46 is where we're going to be at this morning. Psalm 46, I'll go ahead and read the psalm and then I'll pray for our time together and ask the Lord to meet us in this space. Psalm 46, verse 1, I'd ask you to listen carefully. This is God's word. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. What you just heard never will. Let's pray. Father, we, we come before you in the name of your Son and in the power of your Spirit. And though we are separated by distance, we are united in Christ. So as your family, as your faith family, as your church, we, we ask God that you would meet us. Meet us now in your word. We, we desperately need you in this moment. We are suffering loss. There is fear and anxiety that we are breathing in and out in our own lives and in our culture right now. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that your word would accomplish its 
accomplish its good purposes. Bring peace. Bring confidence. Bring hope. Bring joy. Recalibrate our hearts to your heart. Realign our eyes to you. And reset our minds on what is ultimately true now through your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 46. It has been called in church history, Luther's Psalm. Luther uh, would return to the psalm, his, his famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which we will sing later together, uh, comes out of Psalm 46. Luther, uh, though he was a great leader, a great man of faith, he, uh, my carpet is riding up on me, just a second. <laughs> he, though he was a great man of faith, he wrestled with depression. Uh, he, he battled anxiety like you and I do. And he would often return to the psalm and he would gather the saints and he would sing this song with them. And he would often just, with, with another person, his best friend, Philip Melanchthon, he would, he would say, come Philip, let's sing Psalm 46 together. He just knew he needed to repeat the truth of Psalm 46 to his soul. But this is not just Luther's psalm. This is the psalm for all who have trusted in God, all who uh, face fear and anxiety and troubles. This is a psalm for us to come to God with. And so as one commentator put it, William MacDonald, he says, No one knows the hearts that have been lifted as these majestic lines have been read in the sick room, the house of mourning, the dungeon of persecution, and the narrow chamber of suffering and tragedy. I mean, these have been a comfort for God's people for millennia now. Luther goes on to talk about this psalm. He says, we sing this song, psalm to, praise, to the praise of God because he is with us and powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the implacable hatred of the devil, and against all the assaults of the world, the flesh, and sin. This is a psalm for us in our moment right now. This is a psalm for you. How do we know? Where will we go for safety? The psalm says this, that only in God. God is our refuge and strength in times of trouble. And we're going to see in the psalm, he's our refuge and strength in times of trouble because he is present, he is powerful, and his purposes are sure. He will accomplish his good purposes. So let's, let's dive into the psalm. Starts in verse 1. God is. This is immediately uh, arresting to us. This, this should lift our eyes above our circumstances. It's, he's inviting us above our troubles, above the stock market, above the, the, the loss of jobs, and even the loss of life. We look to God. God is. God is our refuge. God is the, the place where we can go. He is, he is that place of, uh, of shelter. He is our, our refuge. We are all spiritual refugees. We, we all uh, are wandering. We're all longing for our home. And, and ultimately, the psalmist reminds us that it's not in, in the security of America. It's not in our homes. It's not in our bank accounts. God and God alone is our refuge. God is where we were meant to be refugees and find home and family in him. God is our refuge, but he's not just our refuge. It says he is our 
strength. He is our refuge and strength. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 18, I mean, Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and are safe. So he's our refuge, but he's our strength. Isaiah 40, verse 31, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We've been going through uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Remember, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the weak, the broken, the spiritual bankrupt, have no strength in our own. Jesus says you're blessed because you can come to God and have his strength. And don't we need that right now? Because if I don't remember this truth, I can very quickly just go to dark places in my mind and my thought and fear and anxiety can seem to be oppressive and overwhelm me. And Psalm 46 right away reminds us, no, God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is a very present help in trouble. We can run to God. We can know there's safety in God because he is present. This is the promise of God to the people of God. He is Emmanuel. He is with us. He is a very present, meaning imminent, right there. That there's, there's no place where we can go where God is not present and reigning and ruling. But, but in this psalm, it says, and he is a very present help in trouble. I, I love that because the psalm's honest. We, we face trouble, all of us. But, but, but he just kind of ups it several notches here. He's a very, help, very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And he's going to talk about the things that are fearful things. But first he says, because he's present, because he's our refuge, because he's our strength, we need not fear. I've said it often when I preach that the question of God to you and to me and to all people is, will you trust me? It's a question of, will you have faith? And faith and fear are mortal enemies. Where one arrives, the other runs. And so the the psalm wants us to replace our fear with faith to, to get rid of that because he's a very present help. Therefore, we will not fear. And then notice what he says, though the earth gives way, Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, the psalmist is describing cataclysmic trouble. I mean, far more than than any of us are experiencing right now. He's just saying, imagine the absolute worst, where where the mountains are are tumbling into the heart of the sea, and the earth is giving way, and and the the waters are roaring and foaming. There's no place of safety on earth. Uh, He says, even in those moments, even in the cataclysmic moments, either individually or as a city, or as a nation, or as we're experiencing to some degree right now as the world, even when everything is in upheaval, God is a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Then he says in verse 4, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Did you catch the radical shift there? 
Verses 2 and 3 is this cataclysmic trouble that is, that is turning over the earth. And then in verse 4, it is a picture of absolute peace and tranquility. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. In ancient days, the cities would, would be built around a river so that if enemies came in and began to siege the city, there would still be a source of life coming into the city. And that's what the psalmist is saying. There is a river whose streams make glad or happy or content uh, the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So, so for the people of God, we live in the city of God with God. And God, verse 5, is in the midst of her. He's present. Therefore, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. It's just this piece of, well, we've got God in the city. It's going to be okay. But notice when it's going to be okay. That the enemies are surrounding, that they're sieging the city. And at break of dawn, when morning dawns, that's the, when, when the city is most vulnerable. When the enemies would, would say, everyone's asleep. This is the time we're going to attack. And it says, right at that moment, God is going to show up. God always shows up at his perfect timing. Not our timing. Not, 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 we always want him to show up early, and sometimes he does, like with Noah and the flood. Or at least we want him to show up right in the midst of, of the trouble, like right here, right now, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He shows up. But sometimes he shows up way later than we would expect or hope or pray for. I think of John 11, Mary and Martha. Jesus shows up. Lazarus, their brother's dead. Man, this is now too late, right, Jesus? And they say, he, he stinks. He's been in there four days. If you would have come earlier, you could have done something. And sometimes that's how we feel about God, right? If you would have just shown up, then, then, then I wouldn't be in this mess. And then Jesus shows up and he calls Lazarus out. The point of Psalm 46, the point of the Bible is God's timing is always perfect. Perfect. Um, I'm looking out and it's really bright light, so I get blinded every time I look at my text. But uh, such, such is life right here. So God's timing is perfect. He will help her when morning dawns. So the first promise is we can find safety because God is present with us. The second one is because God is powerful. Look at verse 6. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. He just points to just a word from the Lord and everything can be changed. It was a word from the Lord that the universe leapt into existence. And by a word, everything can be changed. In this case, uh, his word utters and the earth melts. Not only that, he's powerful and he fights. He fights for us and he does not fight fair. I I love this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. He wants us to, to look to him. This is the first command. There's two commands in Psalm 46. The first one of Psalm 46 is, is not to do anything, but to look at God. Lift up your eyes. Behold the works of the Lord. Look at what he's done. Remember what he's done. Look back if you have to. Remember, he spoke the universe into existence. 
That's the God who is with us. Remember, he uh, led his people out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea. That's the God who is with us. And time and time and time again, in sometimes miraculous ways, he shows up. And and the, the command is, behold the works of the Lord. Look to him. Look what he does. He fights and he does not fight fair. Verse 9. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He's sovereign over all the affairs of men and viruses. He breaks the bow. That's not fair. So when your enemy's far away and they're, they're going to uh, shoot you with the bow, he breaks their bow and shatters the spear. When your enemy is close, he, he, the, he takes away their ability to fight you. He, he breaks the spear. Not only that, he burns the chariots with fire. As you are being pursued by your enemies, he has the ability to just take them out in an instant. He burns the chariots with fire. So the psalmist says, come, behold the works of the Lord. Part of the way forward for us as God's people is to look back and just remember. Remember his works. His ultimate work. His ultimate fighting against our greatest enemies of sin, death, and the grave. He came when he put on flesh and came down and and, and took on our weaknesses and limitations. and, And he went to the cross. That's the ultimate work of the Lord. And on the cross, he bore the weight of the wrath of sin against all sin. And he died for us, but he wasn't done. They put him in a tomb, and on the third day, by the power of God, he destroyed death and the grave, and he came back to life. Behold the works of the Lord. Remember who God is in this moment. He is a God that is for you and not against you. And Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection proves that. Proves that. It says uh, he makes war seats. He burns the chariots with fire. Um, Then verse 10, so... It shifts from, we, we know we can have hope in God because He's present, because He's powerful. And then verse 10 is, because His purposes are absolutely sure. Look at what it says. Be still. This is the second command of Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. It, it, it's, a, it's a rebuke to us. It's a rebuke to all of us that have been living with such um, self Guided lives, self-sufficient lives, striving, struggling, worrying, fear, making moves, calling friends, trying to do whatever we can to to manage our lives in, in the way we see fit. And God says, stop it. Stop striving. Stop wringing your hands. Stop trying to, to make it on your own. Be still and know that I am God. His purposes are sure. What are his purposes? It's the purpose throughout the Bible. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is a sure command. God is always and at every moment after his glory. He's going to be exalted. There is nothing and no event and no virus, and no nation, and no person that will not in some way point to the glory and the majesty of who He is. This is God's purpose for the coronavirus. For the people on the earth to lift their eyes and run to Him. To come to Him. To trust 
in him. He will be exalted among the nations. And the great news, I mean, that is good news because he is the one that is worthy to be exalted. He is the most beautiful thing in the universe. In him, we find hope, life, and joy. We were made to worship him. He will be exalted. But the good news, Paul reminds us in Romans 8.28, is that, and we know that for those who love God, all things, all things, that, that means all things, work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. His purposes are sure. Be still and know his purposes will be accomplished. And how do we know that? Well, we've already talked about we look to Jesus, we look at his works, we recognize his presence, but, but verse 11 not only summarizes the whole psalm, but it It points us to another point of confidence that we can have in this time. Look at it. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Did you catch it? Did you catch what the psalmist said? The Lord of hosts. This is is the psalmist trying to put in perspective who is with us. Think of Isaiah chapter 6. God who reigns over everything and who has an army of angels singing and shouting his praise, rumbling his praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The one who is surrounded by the angelic hosts, these fearsome and and, and terrifying beings proclaiming his right. That one is with us. That, that's a place for confidence. But then what, look what it says. Not only is that the one who with us, he says, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, now the psalmist could have said the God of Abraham is our fortress. He could have said the, the God of Isaac is our fortress. But he says the God of Jacob. It's one of the patriarchs. But, but why does he say that? Well, Jacob. I mean, Jacob's kind of one of the worst of the patriarchs, right? I mean, they all had problems, but he was one of the worst. He was known as the deceiver, the hill grabber, the heel grabber, the, um, the hustler. He liked to hustle people and hustle God. Like, there's actually more written that's negative about Jacob than positive. But the psalmist says, hey, the God of Jacob? Yeah, he's our fortress. Why is that important? Because God's promises are not dependent on you or me being good boys and girls. It's not dependent on our our fulfilling our end of the bargain. God is a promise keeper. Even to someone like Jacob, God's going to keep his promise. And through the line of Jacob, he kept his promise in in his son, Jesus Christ. While we were God's enemies, Jesus came and kept his promise. He lived among us a perfect life that you and I could never live. He went to the cross to pay a price that you and I could never pay. Not because we were lovely, but because he loved us and had a vision to make us his family, his sons and daughters, and to give us his righteousness. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The God of you and the God of me in spite of us. This is good news for us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then it says, Selah. Selah, we, as far as we can tell, is a, is a word that just kind of calls us to ponder these things. 
to, to meditate on these things. What are we going to do? How are we going to respond in this time in light of this word? I, I think there's a few things that this is calling to uh, calling us to. I think it's calling us to renew our, our minds daily to this truth. The truth that God is our refuge and strength. We need to renew our minds to this. If you look back at the psalm, actually before verse 1, it says, To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. Just like Luther would get, gather his friends and sing this together to renew his mind to the truth, the people of God for millennia have been singing this together to renew their minds. Because here's the deal. We forget quickly. Quickly, we're going to uh, let the, the fears and the worries of this world begin to creep in. But you've got to push back. You've got to sing this psalm or, or sing other songs that just remind you of what's ultimately true. So let's be a, a people of song today. And even as we sing in a few moments this song, and, and you from your living room or wherever you're at, I would just encourage you to embrace it. Sing. Sing loudly. Because your heart and your soul needs this. So let's renew our minds to the truth of this. There's other ways to renew our minds as well. Just um, take this moment, this moment where you're in isolation to not waste it, not, not binge the, the, the latest Netflix show, but maybe just binge on God a bit. Pray. Gather the family. You know, for us as our family, we, we've just taken the, the slow dinners that we're having together now and, and opening up the New City Catechism app and going through the questions and listening to the songs and reading the commentary and just pondering the truths of God. I'd, I'd encourage you to do that. Sing songs. Remind yourself. Get into the Word. Like, go into the Psalms. They're honest. There are times that it's right and good to lament the Psalms can guide you through that. Go into the Gospels and behold the works of the Lord in the person of Jesus. Take this time to do that. So, so that's the first one. It's just to uh, renew our minds. The second one is, I would just say, in this moment that we're in right now, and we, no one knows how long it's going to last for, by God's grace, hopefully it's going to be short, but, but I would just say in this moment, resolve now to not double down on the false security and comforts of this world. Okay, so as things get, get taken away from you, the, the tendency, the, the temptation is, man, what can I hold on to tighter? I mean, it's toilet paper, it's, it's hand sanitizer, whatever. Uh, that isn't what God wants for you in this moment. God wants us to be people that trust Him, that, that give our lives and, and, and sacrifice and generosity and, and uh, in a thousand ways that we give ourselves away in this moment, not cling on to the false comforts and securities that this world offers. So that's the second one. The third one, I would just say, stay connected. Stay connected to the church. I realize we're in this time of uh, imposed isolation, but we're, we're doing everything we can to make sure that, that, that you are still connected with the church. And by God's grace, we have some means right now that we can do that. So if you go to our website, redemptionparker.org, and look at our online events and ministry, we are, we are just trying to plan as many ways as to have meaningful connection points. So we're going to have youth group online this Tuesday night through a Zoom call. We're going to have uh, Bible studies that, that go on. We're going to have book discussions. We're going to have uh, Facebook Live kind of uh, short devotions to encourage one another. But what I really want you to be a part of, and you'll see this online, is our 15 days of prayer. 
starting tonight at 8 p.m., There'll be a link on the website that you can click and it'll open up a Zoom call. And Ryan Fee is going to kind of help lead us through this. And we're just going to pray together. One of the things we've been asking for as a church this year is God, make us a people of prayer. He's making us a people of prayer. And we want to invite you to that. So we're going to pray for 15 days together. So Saturday and Sunday night, starting tonight, Sunday night, we're, we're going to pray at 8 p.m. But then through the week, Monday through Friday, we're going to pray at 7 a.m. If you can just drop in for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, we kind of scheduled it 7 to 7.30, but uh, we want to pray together. And if you have prayer requests, prayer needs, we want you to submit those. You can do that right now in this online church setting, or you can go to our website and, and just fill out a form, and we will, we will bring that to the church, and we will pray for you. Let's not miss this opportunity to grow as a people of prayer. And then finally, just as we think, this is not a moment for us as the church to shrink back in fear, but to walk in peace. Brothers and sisters, we love you. We're going to make it through this. But what the world needs right now more than anything is the people of God to walk in peace and joy and generosity and confidence. You need this. Your family needs to see you walking in peace and joy and generosity and confidence. Your neighbor needs that. Our city needs that. Man, the world needs that. I'm so excited, even grateful for this moment. Unlike any moment I've experienced in my life, I just believe this is a moment where people are lifting their eyes and and asking questions and they need rock solid foundation even in a world that is crumbling around them. And we have the hope of the world to offer them. So let's be a people that walk in this quiet confidence. Now we can't do this on our own. Only God can do this through us. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in times of trouble. So let's ask him to continue to be that for us. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you are a refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Lord, thank you that you are present and your presence is our confidence, that you are powerful, that there is nothing beyond your ability and capability to do in our lives. We know that you work all things together for good for those of us that, are love you, that love you and are called according to your purposes. Father, we know that your purposes will not be thwarted, but they will go forward. You have good purposes for every one of us in this time. Lord, give us faith to walk in those purposes. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.